Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Thursday. This is Seattle Now. At the start of the Seahawks season, things were grim. Russ is gone. Are we entering a complete rebuild here in Seattle? But against all odds, the Seattle Seahawks are in the playoffs. Seattle Times sports columnist Larry Stone is here to run through the Hawks' surprising season and to preview Saturday's playoff matchup in San Francisco. But first, let's get you caught up. Microsoft workers will soon get unlimited time off. Bloomberg reports the company is implementing the policy for full-time U.S. workers January 16th. Workers with accrued time will get a one-time payout in April. Companies like Netflix and Goldman Sachs have similar leave policies. Studies have shown that in some cases, workers with unlimited leave reported taking less time off. Speaking of new workplace policies, Seattle coffee giant Starbucks is calling some workers back to the office. In a letter yesterday, CEO Howard Schultz told office workers within commuting distance he wants them back to the corporate headquarters in Soto three days a week. Schultz says the change, which takes effect January 30th, will help rebuild the company's culture of having deep human connections. And Megan Rapinoe will be back for an 11th season with the OL Reign. The soccer icon signed the deal on her 10-year anniversary with the club. ESPN reports Rapinoe holds the franchise record with 47 career regular season goals. Today, we're here to issue a formal apology. Sometimes we make mistakes on our show, and it's important to admit when you're wrong. When we previewed the Seahawks' upcoming season back in September, just like everyone else, we predicted a rough one. So to Geno Smith, Pete Carroll, and the Seattle Seahawks, we're sorry for writing you off this season, and congratulations on making the playoffs. Seattle Times sports columnist Larry Stone joins us to talk Hawks and help us see where we all went wrong. Larry, thanks so much for joining us. Nice to talk to you, too. So when you look at this season, you have to start with Geno Smith. What made him such a great quarterback this year? Well, first of all, I, I, I probably should apologize, too, because I was right there. <laughs> <laughs> we I was take right that there. show, Larry. <laughs> and and my, my, my predictions uh, printed for the world to, to see uh, in the newspaper. So I think I, I think I was at 6 and 11. So I was wrong as well. <laughs> uh, but Gino has just been a revelation this year. Uh, I think, you know, all those years that he sat on the bench behind Russell Wilson, he was absorbing the knowledge and, uh, you know, he was a touted quarterback when he was drafted by the New York Jets years ago. He kind of got a, a raw deal in New York and probably never got a chance to show what he could do. And so, you know, maybe that talent was there all along, but he just seemed to click with the with the Seahawks system. Uh, he clicked with the players. Smith steps up and he is going to take a shot. He's got Lockett in stride. Touchdown, Seattle. He was better the first half than he was the second half, which is a kind of a little bit of a concern going into this playoff game. But uh, it's been an amazing season. Looking past the playoffs, Larry, Gino's a free agent this offseason. Is he due for a big deal to come back to Seattle, or should fans brace themselves for his departure? He's due for a big deal. The question is whether he's going to get it in Seattle or somewhere else. He's made himself a lot, a lot of money. I think that's an imponderable right now, uh, what, what's going to happen with him. 
the, the Seahawks, by virtue of their trade for Russell Wilson, got the Denver Broncos first round draft pick, which everyone figured would be a very low pick. It's now the number five overall draft pick. So you could get a really good college quarterback number five. That's the decision that the Seahawks will have to make. Do you want to commit to a 32 year old? My personal opinion is that he's done enough to bring him back next year. Maybe not on one of those five-year deals, but on a two- or three-year deal. You know, speaking of draft picks, I'm told this year's rookie class also contributed to Seattle's success, especially Tariq Willen on the defensive side and Kenneth Walker the third on the offense. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's been another factor for this season that bodes well for the futures. They've had contributions up and down the line on both sides of the ball from from youngsters but the two that you mentioned most prominently you know they're in line to be the offensive and defensive rookie of the year in the NFL maybe they, they may not win it but they're going to be right up there Kenneth Walker he surpassed a thousand yards which is kind of the benchmark for running back Walker chugging down the sideline can he outrace Michael Davis he can 74 yards and Tariq Woolen is uh, was a guy who had all the tools, but not much experience at the position. He was supposed to be a project. He's turned that raw talent almost immediately into production and is uh, one of the better defensive backs, cornerbacks in the league as a rookie and should only get better as he gets more experience. But this is intercepted by Tariq Woolen, and he's going to take it back inside for a Seahawk touchdown. Wow. Larry, let's talk about some of your favorite moments of the season. Well, I think you got to start with the opener when Russell Wilson came into town. Uh, the the hype uh, of that game was off the charts, and I think that that sort of uh, showed right from the start that where this the the disparate uh, journeys of both these teams. You could see that 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 Wilson probably wasn't clicking with the coach and the the system that he had in Denver and Gino was very good and they pulled that game out and it sort of set the tone for for both seasons and uh just the whole atmosphere of that game was 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 very memorable and then uh, contrast that with the, the the very end of the season uh that overtime win just this past Sunday where they had to win that game and it was uh, just a a, a weird situation where they won and yet they still had to wait to, for the result of the Packers Lions game and just that whole wait you know sitting up in the press box and the team went all over you know out to dinner watch parties uh waiting to see and then the the Lions winning that game and putting the Seahawks into the the playoffs are, are two that that definitely stand out for me yeah, that was a tense three-hour window for Seahawks fans. You know, you mentioned that things have slowed down in the second half of the season. What can the Seahawks learn from their second half struggles? Well, I think they did l learn that they, they made some adjustments on defense. I think the I think their their slide there where they, they lost, I think, five out of six games after, you know, winning four in a row was uh, around the, their defensive struggles. And, you know, it's hard to tell they, they've played some two struggling teams the last two weeks in the Jets and the Rams. So you don't know how much to read into the turnaround, but now they're stepping up way, way up in class against the 49ers team that that has the one of the best offenses in the league and one of the best and the best defense in the league. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out if those 
improvements are for real or if they're just the, the product of playing inferior opponents. Yeah, let's talk about Saturday's game. Coach Pete Carroll says the 49ers are loaded, healthy, and on a roll. Yeah. The Seahawks went 0-2 against them this year. What can they do to pull off an upset this time? Well, they're facing a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy, who is the, the, the 49ers' third quarterback this year. But he's a rookie. And, you know, if you could harass him with a pass rush, get get him out of his game, I think that probably is their best bet uh, because they have so many weapons. Uh, in midseason, they traded for Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in the league. You know, on paper, the Seahawks should not win this game. Uh, you know, they're 10-point <laughs> right. underdogs by the, the betting uh, world. But, you know, the sports and upsets happen, but uh, they're going to have to play error-free. Gino can't make the kind of uh, uh, mistakes that he made last week when he threw an interception on his th first pass, threw another bad interception, almost had a third. He's got to play a flawless game. Uh, they got to force some turnovers. Uh, you know, there's, the weather is supposed to be miserable in the Bay Area. <laughs> that may play in the Seahawks' favor. One, they're used to playing in bad weather, and rain could be a great equalizer. So we'll see. It seems like a lot of fans outside Seattle really enjoyed rooting for the Seahawks this year. They even made some fans in Germany. Uh, I'm curious what makes this team so lovable this year. Is it really, is it a Russell Wilson thing? Are we just <laughs> rooting against our ex-boyfriend here? <laughs> I think that's part of it. Uh I, you 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 triggered something when you mentioned Germany. I got to go to Munich, and when you when you talk about memorable moments for this season, I should have mentioned that uh, was that whole experience of playing in in Germany and the crowd singing "Take Me Home, Country Roads" in the middle of the game, very unexpectedly. <laughs> Even the players on the field just kind of stopped and were like, what? Why, why, why are they, how do they know this song? But, uh, but I think fans love an underdog, you know, an unexpected success, you know, when a team comes out of nowhere. Uh, I think that's one reason. They've got some, li you know, very likable guys. I think, I think Gino comes across <laughs> as a real person as opposed to, you know, Russell Wilson at times seemed programmed and robotic. I think there's something to that. You know, it's just, it's it's kind of hard to put your finger on. Sometimes teams just touch a chord. I think the Mariners this year it was the case. You know, they they the, the fans just rallied behind this team. Yeah, yeah. Larry Stone, sports columnist at the Seattle Times, really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Today's episode was produced by Vaughn Jones. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, Jenny Cecil Moore, and Brandy Fullwood. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow.